What is going on, my fellow geeks, and welcome back to Raving Geeks. I do have a media recommendation. I love Lord of the Rings. Superheroes, movies, a little jack-of-all-trades, I guess. So what makes me a geek? What is going on, my fellow geeks, and welcome back to Raving Geeks, the weekly pop culture podcast from Central Michigan Life, where we discuss all things geek culture, which is just like high culture, but better. If this is your first time joining us, make sure you follow the CM Life Instagram and Twitter pages for updates on the podcast, and to look for us wherever you find your podcasts, including YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on our website at www.cm-life.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Brennan Valentine, and I'd like to thank you all for joining me and my fellow geeks this week. Uh, and they will introduce themselves in a second with our question of the week. Um, <clears throat> this week's question is, um, what is the earliest thing that got you into being a geek? Like, so like first thing. Um, for me, personally, uh, it was the Harry Potter books, like in terms of being like, a geek geek and like, you know, Oh, I really like, I feel like we we've defined geek a cu- couple different ways, but like just obsessing over all this, like different pop culture stuff is our most general definition of geek. And like, that was the first thing that I was like, you know what, this, this is really cool. And I want to be Harry Potter and I want to know everything about Harry Potter. So um, reading the, the Harry Potter books was my, my introduction to geek culture. Um, and then I got a, a rebirth of introduction when I started playing the Batman Arkham video games. And that brought me into superhero geek culture. And that was a whole different thing. But in general, for me, I'd say it's the reading of the Harry Potter books. Uh, would one of the other hosts like to answer our question? I'll go. Uh, so, hi, everyone. I'm Hope Goodrow. Um, for me, what got me into being a geek was also like Brendan. It was um, the Harry Potter series. I... As a kid, like I would read books, um, but I guess my reading comprehension wasn't that great. And when I was younger was when the Harry Potter movies were coming out. And so I was told that I had to read the books and then talk about them with my sisters in order to see the movies. Um, so that got me really into both books and movies and like finishing out the Harry Potter series after reading them all, all the books multiple times uh, was you know, really fun for me to do, especially with my sister. Um, we went to the last Harry Potter premiere and cause like I'd gotten tickets for beforehand or something. And we were in one of the rows and during certain deaths, we would literally like certain times, like one of us would reach our hand over and the other one would just grab it. And like, you could tell we were crying and everything. Um, and then after that, it just kind of like followed through with what I liked at the time so um like the next thing was like the Percy Jackson series um and that got me into Greek mythology a lot um I'd had like some interest in it before but it definitely like deepened with the Percy Jackson series but my very first one was definitely Harry Potter all right um I'm Isaac Hunter and uh, my first introduction to the geek world was also Harry. No, that's actually a lie. Um, I didn't actually, I read Harry Potter before Deathly Hallows movies came out. It was like after the sixth one, but before the two seven ones. Um, just so I could be that guy that was like, yeah, I read it before all of Harry Potter came out. Um, 
but I ended up being that guy. So that's good. No, um, what really got me into uh, the world of geekdom um, in a broader sense was my dad. Uh, just he's a bigger geek in size and in everything, but um, was definitely with movies, I think. Like ever since I was a little kid, it was just like, it was probably Star Wars, to be honest. Like my dad owned Star Wars, you know, before I was born. And so like, I just grew up watching those. And then by the time I hit like, I don't know, a certain age, Lord of the Rings came out. And I remember being like, I remember like being little, like looking at the cover of Lord of the Rings and seeing like this curly haired dude. And I was like, what is this movie about? And then like watching it and being like, oh my gosh, I need to know everything. <laughs> Eagles. Eagles. Why didn't, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you very much, my fellow geeks. It's always fun to get our, our origin stories. We always read about the origin stories of our favorite characters, but um, it's, it's fun to talk about ours. Um, so, for our geek news this week, it was actually a very active week in the world of geekdom. So, our news <laughs> section is a little bit longer than normal, but I am very excited. So, um, <clears throat> Isaac, would you like to start with our geek news this week? I will start us out with our geek news. So, I was delighted when a friend of mine messaged me a link to an article saying, new Avatar The Last Airbender stuff. And I was like please, we already know that there's going to be like a new TV show and then the creators left. They're like, no, read the article. And I was just so excited to learn that the original creators um, of Avatar The Last Airbender franchise uh, got together with Nickelodeon to create Avatar Studios. Like specifically this division designed to create, you know, original Avatar content. And I'm so excited. And their first project is going to be an animated uh theatrical film that's going to start in production later this year and i i'm just super i love that world it's so cool and like i know that there's comics and stuff but like to finally get like this like studio coming out with the original creators like you i'm sure someone out there loves the live action movie but i didn't and now we can finally get something like more expansive i'm just really excited about that so did the article say like who the theatrical you know, release will be following? Is it going to follow Aang, Korra, Kyoshi, a new character in the universe? Or um, Well, uh, from the article I read, it didn't mention it directly, what it would be following. That's, um, yeah, because I, I didn't find it either, what, yeah, whether they were going to say it. I looked, and I, I mean, I don't know. I like being surprised, but oh, I'm excited. Um, my theory is that this is their way to make the, the unreleased season four of Avatar. But the, because they've already released it in comics, they don't need to, you know, go super in-depth. But um, I'm throwing it out there now. Uh, if, as my prediction, uh, we're getting a, a follow-up story between, you know, le- uh, the end of Avatar The Last Airbender and uh, The Legend of Korra, hopefully right after Avatar The Last Airbender. And um, uh, maybe like the... Um, the story of how Zuko finds his mom in addition to like the, the story of how um, Republic city gets found uh, founded. Cause I know yeah, those are yeah. in comics, but I feel like they could turn that into a pretty cool movie. And we need more Sokka. Cause there was, there was no Sokka really in legend of Korra. No, there was no Sokka, even though Sokka's definitely Suyin's dad. Um, 
<laughs> Spoilers. That's not that's that's not canon, but um, I think it's canon. Canon up here, okay. It's can- head canon. We're going to talk about those later. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, so hope I know you have a lot a lot of stuff yes. to go over too. All right, I'll try and be quick in some of it. Um, so there was a casting announcement for the Flash. Um, Sasha Cali has been cast as Supergirl in the Ezra Miller Flash movie uh jordan peele uh his next horror movie is going to star kiki palmer um which is set to be released on july 22nd 2022 so we get to look forward to that um also if you guys love bears and you love paddington the bear we are getting (laughs) a paddington 3 is in the works yes oh my mom's gonna love that (laughs) (laughs) um Paul King, who is making Wonka, will not return to direct Paddington 3, though, unfortunately. Um, If you are a Criminal Minds fan and you are sad that Criminal Minds ended after 15 seasons on uh, CBS, have no fear. Paramount Plus has got your back and is uh, in early development of Criminal Minds season 16. Uh, They weren't like forthcoming about which characters were coming back um and at one point i saw something about hotchner coming back and i was like wasn't the um actor convicted of stuff but anyways um uh, on a criminal minds note um i have not personally like been invested in the show but everyone in my life has watched it Uh, what is the actor's name that plays um the really smart character Oh, uh, Matthew Gary Gubbler? Yeah. Yes. Um, found out that this week that the song Mr. Brightside, he's like the antagonist oh. of that song. I don't know if that was a joke or if the killer, the lead singer of the killers like was in a love triangle with Matthew Gary Gubbler. But um, if that's true, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. I feel like I saw that somewhere and I got really confused because I've never actually heard that song or pay attention oh. to it. <laughs> Sorry. Coming out of my... <laughs> no. Um... And now I just added something to my recommendations at the end of the episode. <laughs> it's probably one of those, like, if someone played it for me, I'd be like, oh, okay, I've heard this. But, like, just saying it out loud, I have no recommendation. All right, like... Isaac. Three, two, one. <laughs> Coming out of my cage and I've been, been doing, doing just, just fine. <laughs> gotta, gotta, be gotta down. be down because, because I, want I want it all. It, all. it started out with a kiss. Okay, I you will know, admit it sounds familiar, but like I said, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, unless I super pay attention to this stuff in the music industry, I'll be like, oh yeah, I know this song by listening to it, but someone's like, oh, have you heard this song? I'll be like, no. Well, and the then cra- they'll play it and I'm like, oh, I know this. The so. crazy thing about Mr. Brightside is something about like our generation where if it just plays, you know it. Like you have it, you don't even have to hear it before. You just start singing. It's great. You mean like uh, Counting Stars by I think One Republic? Yeah, I know every word of that song, and yet I've never (laughs) chosen to listen to it. (laughs) Um, So yeah, back to our uh, news. Uh, If you are fans of horror movies, and specifically like the creepy stuff, The Exorcist is coming out uh, this year, because it is 2021. Keep forgetting that. Um, So it's coming out this year. Don't know when necessarily, but it's coming out. Um, as far as Fantastic Four, we've been hearing rumors about different things and people have been theorizing. So there's a new rumor that Jennifer Lawrence 
has been cast as the thing. Uh, as the invisible <laughs> woman. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Um, so if anyone is fans of John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, you might not get that whole power couple thing in Fantastic Four. I'm sorry for that, but also Jennifer Lawrence is amazing. So um Let's see. Oh, there's going to be a new show coming out on Netflix that's going to be called The Irregulars, which follows a group of teens, of ragtag teens, um, during like the original Sherlock Holmes era. Um, And they work for Sherlock Holmes to help solve crimes. And there are stories, um, Sherlock stories that involve like the teens because they're basically like um, his kids that like could get into places to find out information that if he went to go find it, he would get discovered right away. Um, But the Irregulars is um, following a supernatural aspect. So there's gonna be like ghosts, ghouls, spirits and like magic and all of that. Um, And that's supposed to be coming out on March 26th. And um, the actor that I follow who's in the show, I'm sitting here going, okay, you say Netflix UK. But then he was like, also worldwide. And I was like, does that mean the U.S. gets it on the same day? And I'm hoping because I haven't seen anything. Um, But so March 26th for the Irregulars. Going back to Fantastic Four, um, Marvel Studios has started meeting with writers for the film. But there's currently no script and there's still some time before filming starts. Um, Let's see. I was going through my list. So let's see. Um... So Tom Holland says that WandaVision is his favorite Marvel thing that he has ever seen. That was my favorite tweet this week. Like for the fact that Tom Holland says this and he's Spider-Man, he's always wanted to be Spider-Man. He loves Iron Man too. Um, He is quoted saying, we work through the weekends for Spider-Man 3. So every Saturday, everyone's on set talking about WandaVision and everyone is spitting out theories about what's going on. So the fact that like he's shooting a Marvel movie and then also being like, I have no idea what's going on in my movie. So here, let's theorize about WandaVision. You know, oh, it's t- true to I Tom Holland. Marvel solidarity. Yes. Um, also on March 26th, coming to Disney Plus is the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. And we Excited. get Emilio Estevez back as uh, Gordon, right? Yes. Yeah. Good Gordon and uh gordon bombay and but this one is different like the ducks have become bad guys (laughs) i mean (laughs) yeah like they're they're now the team that they used to compete against you know like the ducks were inclusive now they're not they're very exclusive um oops so um, it was also noted that John Watts, who has been the director of the Spider-Man series with Tom Holland, he is going to be the first director in Marvel Cinematic Universe to finish the trilogy that he started. So he's been doing Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, and the third Spider-Man movie. And then... Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> um from our podcast episode from last week where we talked about um, Broadway theater, there is a big rumor that Aladdin Live from the West End will be on Disney Plus by this spring. 
So we will get a chance like we were able to do with Hamilton. Hopefully we can have Aladdin. And then in the book universe, Rick Riordan, who wrote the Percy Jackson series along with a whole bunch of others that go with different types of mythology, is um, coming out with a new book. And it's coming out in October. And it's called Daughter of the Deep. Um, so I'm looking forward to that one. And then final for book news is if you liked A Nightmare Before Christmas, there's going to be a new novel completely about Sally that's supposed to be coming out sometime soon. So. Interesting. Quick question about the Rick Riordan book. Yes. Um, is that within like the Greek, like do we know if that's within the Greek mythology universe? It is within that's... mythology, but it didn't say specifically. Um, and it did say to like, um, there's more details at Barnes and Noble and like, cause they're the ones who are going through it. Um, but there is a picture, Rick Riordan posted a picture of a cover picture of what it looks like. Um, it says cover, not final, but it says coming up for air, um, October 5th of this year. Nice. Did he end up? Awesome. Yeah. Did is there a Norse mythology series he's done? There is. Magnus. Is the Chase. series is it done? Yes. I okay. Think so. But the, I mean, no, the Rick Riordan world though is all connected anyway. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was trying. I was trying to remember if that one had finished off and we were moving on to like a new mythology. I know. Um, yeah, he's got Trials of Apollo, which is specifically on Apollo. The Cain Chronicles is Egyptian. Um, he worked with another author to make a Native American series, I believe. He didn't Ooh, write didn't it, but like one. he essentially presented the book, basically saying, hi, I'm a famous author, and here's my name on it to try and get it to sell more. Um, and then you've got Greek um, with the Percy Jackson, and then Roman with um, the one after with Jason and all of them. Um, trying to. I feel like I saw something else recently, but it might have just been like a different cover art for one of his books. Um, yeah. but yeah, so there's a lot that he's done, and he does a really good job of like, um, actually like researching mythology too, and like making sure that it's as yeah, actually that, that's what made the Percy it. Jackson book so good. Is it like yeah. you'd go back and like at least at, as soon as I had access to the internet, I was like, "Is this true?" And I'd be yeah. like, "Oh wait, that's legit." So yeah. That was always fun, especially when you like grow up watching like Hercules, and you're like, "Wait a minute, none of this is correct." Um, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I did do a speech once on on Oceanus and why he's my favorite Greek deity and why Percy Jackson did him wrong, but. That's pretty much the only thing I could find. Dionysus for the win. Yeah, He's I will say, as like the Greek mythology went, he definitely stayed with the big names rather than the smaller mm -hmm. gods. Like in one of the Percy Jackson books, I remember him being like, Percy was telling his dad and like Zeus, like, hey, you need to like claim your kids, even the smaller mm -hmm. gods, like you need to claim your kids. And so then they're like, yeah, they're building cabins for this deity and i'm just waiting for like the celtic and irish gods and goddesses to come out and like, Which later on an artist. i mean there's a there's a i'm assuming this daughter of the deep will have to do with the a, a god of water 
somewhere. And there's yeah. one in every single mythology. So you can help. There are multiple types Absolutely. of gods of water, too. Maybe a Pacific Islander story, too, with like cool. Mori gods. Yeah, I would love that. I will talk about a book later that delves into Celtic and other um, British Isles mythologies. Um, but on the geek news front for myself, we mentioned uh, Tom Holland and Spider-Man. And if any of you were um, checking stuff out on Instagram, we got a couple of fake titles <laughs> for the newest Spider-Man movie. Um, Spider-Man Phone Home. Um, what was it? Home Spider-Man, Spider-Man Home Wrecker and Spider-Man. Um, Home Slice. Home Slice. Yeah, yeah home that slice. one was Home <laughs> Slice was very was clearly. Yeah, that one was very clearly fake. But Phone Home, I was like, okay, maybe. And then Home Wrecker, yeah. I was like, interesting. I could see that. But then later in the week, we did get the official title of Spider-Man Three as Spider-Man No Way Home, um, which I think is. I'm very excited that we officially get the title Um, and the way they did it was very cute. If you haven't seen the video, like it's Tom Holland going into John Watts's office or coming out of John Watts's office. And uh, then uh, Zendaya and Jacob, uh, Jacob. um, I was like, I always, he looks so different. I forgot. I forget his name now. When they put the wig on, it's like, Jacob, you're not Jacob. Mm -mm. (laughs) He's Ned. Ned. Um, but then they're walking and he's like, yeah, no, he won't even like give me a hint as to what the real title is. And then, you know, Jacob and Zendaya are like, it's because you spoil it. That's why he's like, I went, name one time I've spoiled stuff. And then they walk past the whiteboard and it's like Spider-Man, no way home. And then they do like the whole promotional thing. So um, Let's Marvel's see, marketing team picture. is definitely having like a field day with Tom Holland. <laughs> I took a picture of like the quick at the end of the video. So they had like different crossed out things um so like work from home home worlds home sweet home uh close to home uh yeah homesick was one home run homemade oh yeah the work from home they crossed it out and wrote please no (laughs) um spider-man work from home they should make like a short like called spider-man work from home just like even like an animated thing where it's just like spidey during the pandemic there was another one that was like zooming home um and homeschooled and it was something like there was a comment about like aunt may says something else but yeah it it was hilarious and the fact that tom holland was like what have i spoiled or like they're like literally the last title for the last movie uh end game or infinity war poster like they didn't they didn't let him spoil end game they told him nothing (laughs) they yeah they told him nothing that's true they were like here's a ball on the end of a stick who is it? We're not telling you. Um, but apart from like title and a little bit of art and like those little things, there isn't really much to go on from the Spider-Man uh, from the title. But however, you know, still very exciting that they're they're already willing to put out like promotional materials and the movie's coming out in December. So odds are in the next couple of weeks we'll probably get, if not a if not like a full blown trailer, then a, probably a teaser trailer before summer oh. starts. Is my my. Uh, prediction and then probably trailer two mid-august and then final trailer late october early november um depending on i don't it says christmas 2021 but um i'm pretty sure it's coming out a little like a few weeks before um i always say christmas just to like give that type it up. yeah day of like hey go do this for christmas 
Mm-hmm. Um, but also, we got an official premiere date for the Loki TV series, which will be June 11th. My birthday! Um, <laughs> yes! Um, <laughs> and the other thing that got a release date is the day after my birthday. Um, but that's for The Bad Batch, if any of you are Clone Wars fans. is coming out on May the 4th. Um, oh, surprise, surprise. Um, but my birthday's May 3rd, so I was like, oh, yes, birthday present. I get Bad Batch, <laughs> Bad Batch TV show. Um, so for those of you who aren't familiar, the Bad Batch is a group of um, clones from the Star Wars universe that have genetic defects that kind of give them like superpowers or like super senses, and they got introduced in Clone Wars Season 7. Um, so it was really cool. Uh, this actually, I think, is the first like canon apart from comics content from star Wars that takes place, um, like in that, like immediately Imperial era, like right after the empire takes over and like it's on Coruscant and like interacting with the empire. Like, like clearly we have like rebels, which is in between revenge of the Sith and, um, like rogue one. And we have solo, but like Solo does not like Tom does not inter- really interact with the Empire that much. He's interacting with like crime syndicates. I mean, um, the Empire gives him his name. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it gives him his name. Whatever. <laughs> no, they're not. The, they're not the villain of that movie. Yeah. Um, but then with Rebels, it's like, but the Empire is the enemy. You're not with the Emperor. Like you. Like we. We have not seen Imperial Coruscant ever. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm. I'm excited to see that. Um, and then we'll talk about this more next week, but I just want to make sure everyone is aware that the 25th anniversary of, um, the Pokemon franchise is this upcoming week. Um, and we have a Nintendo direct as of the filming of this tomorrow, it will be passed by the time this release releases. And then we have a whole day of Pokemon celebration, um, on Saturday. So not going to get too deep into that because there's, that's a whole episode, but, um, just want to make sure everyone is aware. And then our last thing that I want to delve in a little bit more to is um, Superman and Lois premiered on the CW this week um, with a two hour long premiere. Um, It was actually like, I didn't have super high expectations for this um, personally, um, just because I was like, well, we already have Supergirl. Like, how are they going to differentiate this show from the other ones? It is a very different vibe. It does not have a vibe like any other CW show I've watched, specifically the superhero shows. Like, Arrow was like kind of like dark, dark nighty. Uh, Flash is way more campy and like kind of gives me like um, vibes closer to like the animated shows. Um, Legends of Tomorrow is literally just like a comedic superhero show, and Supergirl is way like lighter. In it, like it still has that hope message, but it's like the tone is way lighter. Superman and Lois was surprisingly like I don't know if it was just the color tone or like how things were, but it was surprisingly dark for a Superman oh, yeah. show. Yeah, um, I was like watching it throughout the entire thing i was like oh and there's this death and then there's this death and then we've got this thing and the this bad thing and i was like okay i did like like that the end was lighter toned though to like kind of contrast from it and it was it was a really good first episode i think yeah it, i'm definitely invested um i was kind of skeptical cuz the, sh- the show will not be taking place in Metropolis. It'll be taking place in Smallville. And I was like, that seems, you know, like a lighter tone. You're like, oh, Superman, you know, teaching his boys how to be Superboys. And I'm like, no, it's like Superboys got like problems. 
<laughs> it's like super, hey. Superboy is anxious all the time. He is half human, okay? <laughs> Humans have anxiety and social anxiety. Like, but, it is normal. Yes, and I'm like, but it's also like, you know, all the portrayals, or at least people think of like Jonathan Kent and like Clark Kent, even though like yeah. he is in post crisis, he has twins and it's uh, Jordan and Jonathan Kent. But they Fun think fact. of the Jonathan and Clark. Yes. Uh, the kid who plays Jonathan Kent, his real name is Jordan. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was just something that like, it's like, yep, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, like in the comics, the vibe of like Clark Kent and Jonathan Kent is like, yeah. Jonathan Kent's like, oh, Pop, can I follow you to work? And all this like silly, like, it's not like that light, but it's definitely not like, Dad, I can't control my emotions, and I just made a like field explode. Help! I hate you because you didn't tell me you were Superman. You're the worst father. Like I'm like, okay. So spoilers. We won't get into like that much stuff, but like the vibe is not. I love my dad, who's Superman. It's like life sucks because my dad's Superman. <laughs> I was gonna say. To be fair, they did have the moment of um, Jordan being like, "You didn't tell me you were Superman. I hate you." Like. And so, like, my roommate and I were watching it together, and we were like, and she made the comment before it happened. She's like, if I found out that he was Superman, he had that from me, I'd be really pissed off. And then, like, two seconds later, they're like, yeah, we're mad at you for not telling us this. And I was like, hey, they did it right, you know? Mm-hmm. So Definitely. I, yeah, and I liked that they brought back, like, Lana and that she has two kids and that one of her kids, you know, is friends with Jordan and Jonathan and I was I liked that and it took me a minute because I thought that Lana and uh, Lois were sisters. Um, uh, that's Lucy. Her sister's name was Lucy, um, who technically who exists okay. in the Arrowverse because yes. like she was cast in Supergirl season one. Wasn't um, it Jenna Dewan Tatum? Not Tatum anymore. Yeah. Jenna Dewan. Okay. Um. But the thing is, that that's the one thing that irks me about this. So we're going to limit spoilers. But, like, they don't mention Crisis at all. I don't know. Or any other CW show. Um, which, given the extended universe, I would have liked a Supergirl nod, even if it's not, like, a cameo. But just say, like, like there were several opportunities where, like, Superman had to go do something. At, like, Clark had to do something as Superman, where he could have just said, let Kara handle it. Yeah. Um, but, like that's it's leaving me questions because this is not how i thought the superman of the cw verse like was given pre-crisis but i guess we don't really know what superman looks like post-crisis so i just hope we're getting answers to that soon um i'm also super pleased with the villain um i I will not spoil i will not spoil Mm. information about them uh that we get at the end of the episode but um I, I'm excited for the type of villain that Superman will have to be facing because, um, first of all, this villain seems to be able to go toe-to-toe with Superman, which is an impressive feat in and of itself. But it doesn't seem forced. Like, it, they don't just seem ridiculously overpowered. They're just very calculated. So I'm like, alrighty, I'm da- I'm down for this. Uh, they also seem to be a villain created from the Crisis on Infinite Earths, mm-hmm. um, which I think will get us those answers that I'm looking for. Yeah. I'll say I spent the entire episode going, it's doomsday. It has to be doomsday, right? And it wasn't doomsday. Nope, it's a suit. So it, <laughs> it's like, nope, it's not. Um, 
but I, I also got like, huh, I wonder if they're going to do like a world killer type thing because of the, there's this whole thing with nuclear power. Um, but all right. Um, Isaac, I know, I'm sorry. You haven't watched it yet. Um, <laughs> hey, no, that's fine. I'm just nodding along, <laughs> but, uh, highly recommend it, Isaac. Um, exceeds expectations. Very different from a lot of the other CW shows. So I'm glad it's not just kind of like blending in with those vibes. Um, I like that they can keep coming out with like different, um, different shows. Like it's a family drama, but it's not like a, it's, it's dark, darker than I was expecting, which is not a bad thing. And I also really like, I think Tyler Hecklin does a really good job of like going, of portraying all the different sides of Clark Kent and Superman. Um, And I thought that when he first joined on too, and I've been following him since he was on Teen Wolf. Um, yes, I'll admit that I watched that. I still do on occasion. Um, and like, honestly, he's such a good actor. And I will say that was one thing that like tripped me up. So I was like looking at Tyler Hecklin's face and then looking at the two kids who play his son, who are actually three years apart in real life. Um, and I was like, you don't look like, like you just, they look too baby faced, all of them. And it's like, I feel like there needs to be a little bit more age gap. But also I was like, Tyler, Tyler Hecklin's got this. He's got this. He's got the dad roll down. Oh yeah. I actually thought the casting was really good. Oh, yeah. Um I was I was hesitant when they first cast Lois back in what was it like for the Elseworlds crossover was when we first saw her. Um I think so yeah. For the CW. But um I definitely I prefer her when she has when she's more than just a cameo. Mm-hmm. giving giving her more lines giving her more to more to do and more to be um definitely as not just as like it's interesting because you always see lois lane as like the reporter and like that's her thing but also seeing her yeah. as a mom is very interesting well and then also fighting with her dad too like that whole family thing where she, and trying not to go too far into it i know like we could talk about yeah. this for a bit but um i was surprised that her dad knew that Clark was Superman, but also I was like, that makes sense. Um, I wasn't surprised. I, I was like, that seems Sam Lane being like involved. Yeah. With, like that, that is like a choice that has been made before in different incarnations. So, yeah. And I was like, okay. And so she has to deal with her family and then also her immediate family of her boys and her husband. And I was like, mm-hmm. I, can, I can deal with that. I can do that. And just, I guess my last comment on it will be, um, I have never been a huge fan of Superman since like post Silver Age, Bronze Age, Modern Age Superman. It's always to me like he's the blue boy scout. He's got, you know, his problems aren't real. He's not human. There's nothing for me to like, he's going to win. Like there's, and there's no like, even Clark Kent is not that like interesting to me. Uh, But Tyler Hecklin portraying Clark Kent and the writing Mm -hmm. in this is I'm like, I am invested in your storyline and I, I, there, there's a moment where I like got a little emotional. I was like, "Oh, um, I feel bad for you. That's hard." So, yeah, definitely, like almost cried in the first five minutes. So. Oh, oh, wait, never mind. Not the last thing. Oh, uh, that. So the first like <laughs> ten, five, ten minutes of the show. I'm sorry, I completely blanked on this. This is my favorite part of the episode. Is he gives like a, a recap of like this has been my life as Superman so far. But his first appearance as Superman, they gave him like the action comics like <laughs> accurate suit, 
I actually didn't see that part. <laughs> oh, that was so good. I was like, oh, no way. And then, like, the guy's like, oh, cool, Sue. And he goes, my mom made it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. That's not what Action Comics Superman would say. He would snap your neck. But because <laughs> um, those of you who aren't familiar with Superman used to be, like, really rough. Like, the first, ep- first issue that Superman ever appeared in, he broke into the governor's mansion because a woman that was wrongly uh, convicted and put on death row, and he found out. So he just, like kidnapped her from prison and brought her to the governor's mansion so he could pardon her and like just totally out of the blue that's like issue one superman and like that superman i love that's my superman that's my superman (laughs) um but yeah all righty well that's it for our geek news which i know that was like a really long segment but there was a lot that happened um so for the rest of the episode uh we would like to point out that by the time this episode is released it will be march and guess what everyone March is reading month, um, and you might not have heard that since you're in elementary school, but um, you're hearing it now. <laughs> so, in order to honor March's reading month, we thought we'd have a quick discussion about some of our favorite books, what got us into reading, um, and what books we might be reading, you know, in the future. What have we got on our list? So, um, we'll start off with a, a pretty basic question. Um, how'd you all start reading? Harry Potter. Actually, well, okay, to be fair, like, I was reading before that, um, and there was a series called Animal Arc Series, and it followed a girl named Mandy Hope, and her parents were veterinarians, and they had a vet clinic, like, attached to their house, and this is set in, like, England somewhere, I don't remember where exactly, but I remember being obsessed with the books because, one, animals, and two, my name was on their names, Um, and... I, at one point, almost had the entire series, um, and then I was like, oh, I'm going into secondary education, and I was told that any books that were considered elementary level, I had to sell, so I no longer had that collection, um, but, like, it got to the point of my dad and I found one book that was a misprint, like, it went to a certain chapter, and then all of a sudden, it went back to other chapters and then yeah it was a great misprint probably could have gotten a lot of money for it but didn't think about it at that time um but yeah animal arc was huge for me my mom tried getting me into magic treehouse i didn't get into that one as much but i'm gonna bring up magic treehouse again later but uh those that was also one of my first first series was magic treehouse um also um I feel like any book that was at like the Scholastic Book Fair, I don't know, was that like a thing at other people's schools? Oh, yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like anything that they advertised in like that like five minute video, of, like, here's the books coming to the Scholastic Book Fair. <laughs> it's like always like the new Diary of a Wimpy Kid book or Captain Underpants and like those kind of things that were like kind of a comic book, but not really like the most campy graphic novels you can think of. Those are definitely things that I grew up on. But Diary of Wimpy Kid. Um, Captain Underpants Captain Underpants I think that's how I got bridged to Terabithia was Uh it was at a Scholastic book fair one year and like our teachers were like oh everyone has to get this or like everyone will be reading this at some point like as like a whole class Um, but I remember watching like one of the trailers for it and I'll be honest, a lot of times at those book fairs, I was like, oh, this comes with like a bracelet or something. And I was like, okay, I want this book now. <laughs> I'll get these pencil toppers. Yeah. 
my mom was like, are you sure you want this? Or do you just want the like thing that it comes with? And I was like, just the thing that it comes with. Okay, you can't get it then. Darn it. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> I guess I don't. I mean, I'm trying. I was trying to think of like what actual like book as a kid did I start reading and like worked my way up. But I guess what really got me into reading. Um, well, obviously, I did read like British Arabithia and Magician's Nephew, and I read Where the Red Fern Grows, all like in elementary school for like classes. And I don't know why they made me read Where the Red Fern Grows because any book where a dog dies, it's just awful. that one has two dogs. Two dying. dogs die. Like, yeah. What the heck? Um. Anyways, um, I remember speaking of scholastic book fairs, the first book that I ever owned like myself uh, because I won it was uh, Peter and the Star Catchers. Oh my God, that series is so good. I love which that series. is about, it's basically like another telling of Peter Pan and it's, it's super like cool. Origin story of Peter Pan. Okay, I've never read it. However, when I did uh, forensics in high school, which is like competitive speaking and acting, I saw a group like perform it. And it was really cool. No, and it's so cool. And instead of, uh, it's like before Peter Pan almost. And so like, yeah, there's like, instead of Captain Hook, it's Captain Stash. Because he's got this big mustache. So good. But also in elementary school, uh, me and my cousin, uh, we found Percy Jackson. Uh, and I have the Sea of Monsters. Because my school only had the Sea of Monsters and the Titan's Curse. And so I read this book. And then I read the Titan's Curse. And then I read the first one. So technically, this was my first book in the Percy Jackson world. And I kind of always like, whenever I reread the series, I just like hold it in my heart. I'm like, this is what started me. So you must have been really disappointed when that movie came out. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I believe I've stated this before. But like, if you don't know the book series and you watch the movies, they're relatively okay. Like separate they're okay. I think Thief is really good. Sea of Monsters is a bad movie. Yeah. yeah, but like, but if you know them together, then it's, it doesn't stand up. But Nope. Yeah. I also, um, you know, Logan Lerman, I love him. And then Douglas Smith, who played um, uh, Cyclops' half-brother uh, Tyson. Absolutely adorable. And I love him in um, The Alienist. So, yeah. Um, another series that got me hooked another scholastic book fair one that it we, they had the new one every year was the 39 clues um, but those came with like trading cards almost and you'd have like the website and then like you had to like log it in and if you bought like enough of, if you bought all the books <laughs> you probably collect all 39 clues and it was like that, that was the whole thing as well was that one written by like each book was written by a different, different author? author yeah okay I remember that because like in sixth grade, me and two of my friends, we were like, we want to write like a book series together. And like each book is going to be by a different one of us. And we never like fully finished it. I probably have the pages around my house somewhere. But I think that was like what we were basing it off of. Like we had seen the 39 clues. Mm -hmm. Another series. Oh, go for it, Brendan. Oh, no, I have nothing okay. important to say. I was just saying, another series. Isaac, sorry. Um, Isaac brought it up. The Magician's Nephew, uh, Nar- The Chronicles of Narnia, was mm-hmm. such a good book series. Um, 
And that was another one that like, I was like, oh, look at this movie coming out. And I think it was Prince Caspian that was coming out. So I was like, I want to go see. Books. Yeah. The Narnia books. Oh my gosh. I pre- Delayed reaction from Magician's <laughs> Nephew there. I, I completely blanked that that was the first one. And I was like, oh yeah. No, those are really good. Magician's Nephew is my favorite. Wait, no. Well, Magician's okay, Nephew is not my favorite one. but That's the thing. So like, there's technically two different sequences in which you can read the Chronicles mm-hmm. of Narnia. You can read it by publishing date, which is how the movies are, which is... Um, Blind, Blind the Witch, Witch in the Wardrobe, Prince mm-hmm. Caspian, Voyage of the Dawn Treader, um, and then the, the Horse, and Silver Chair? Horse and His Boy is next. His boy. Um, Silver I Chair. Silver Chair, and then The Magician's Nephew. No. The Last Battle. The Last Battle, yeah. The one and, that's chronologically first is my favorite. Is that Silver Chair? Chronolo- well, chronologically, chronologically is the magician's, is magician's nephew, nephew because it's that's magi- like okay. that's what goes yeah. over like how Narnia was created, where the land. That was my favorite. From. It's super cool, and like it really makes you appreciate like the the Pevensey children's like what is it their mm-hmm. great uncle or whoever he is the professor because mm-hmm. he like found out that he like adventured in this realm a long time. Ah, uh, so cool. I think I think if I remember correctly, and this might be the movie getting mixed up with the book, but the professor was just someone who lived on the countryside because it was taking place during world war ii and they and england had this big thing of save the children and basically would Mm -hmm. sent their kids to random houses out in the countryside because you had the blitz and everything happening yeah um and so i think the professor was just someone who was like look i had this big house it's empty and you know a whole lot of land and i mean that's the dream right yeah. Like, mm-hmm. if you're gonna get put somewhere safe, at least be with a rich old guy that has a magical world in his closet, <laughs> and who knows about the magical world too. And yeah. it's like you're not crazy. Yeah. I know it exists. What's insane is that besides, the, I know that I mean, C.S. Lewis isn't the kind of guy. Like when it was written, he wasn't the kind of guy to expand it into like millions of, okay. of books because he was, you know, he had all these other book series and like theological stuff and future stuff, but like magician's nephew discusses like the wardrobes made out of a tree mm-hmm. which stood over top of a small pond which led into the world of narnia yeah. but that's just one tree in a forest of trees each one which led to a different world so he could have oh, like kept going like the witch herself is from a totally different world that's like post-apocalyptic almost and it, i don't know i just think it's crazy it blows my mind and that's why I like Magicians Nephew so much is because of that, like that world between worlds esque like yeah. thing where it was like, oh, uh, you go to the witch's world first, and you're like, oh, she seems for after seeing the line the witch in the wardrobe movie, I was like, she seems familiar. Is she like, is she, is she like the the white queen? And then um, it's like, oh, they try to go back there, and it's like, no, sun exploded. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Well, and then she follows them back to like england or whatever and that's how they get the lamp post because she throws the lamp post through the pond through the other pond into narnia and it's like yeah. wait ha- what? after after hitting a guy with it too the first yeah. king and queen of narnia was like what he was like a police officer or like a taxi driver one of the two and like yeah. his wife and aslan was like you are now king and queen of narnia and they're like okay <laughs> Hey, we get to, like, just drop whatever we want, and it springs to life right now in the first, like, four days. Uh, I gotta reread those. Yeah, now that we mentioned them, I might have to... I don't even think I ever read 6 and 7. 
are the ones that are chronologically because my I think I really liked Horse and His Boy when I read it too, but it's like not connected to anything. It just I, takes yeah, it's during the reign of the Pevensey yeah. children, which is also kind of cool. If I remember, the silver chair was kind of like it kind of messed with my head a little bit because like just like the aspect of like why someone I think it was like he was a, had to be by the chair or something and it was also the cousins so Eustace and it was Eustace and his friend that like and Eustace was like the worst in the books yeah. before that and then this yeah. time like he's supposed to be the likable one and his friend's supposed to be the one you don't like and yeah. that was weird like it's that one was definitely like mentally like what's going on when it's like we can make fun of him but you know because he's our co- worthless cousin <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. but if someone else is making fun of him we're like hey that's our boy exactly <laughs> <laughs> all right so from going on to from like scholastic book fair and like this like origin stuff um of everything that you've read like throughout time um do you have a favorite series and do you have a favorite like standalone book like that's either not part of a series or if you like something very, 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 very much. Um, I can go first because this, this is not a, I, know, I alluded to it earlier um, and it isn't a, a series I've mentioned yet, but my absolute favorite book series as a kid uh, was called The Last Apprentice, but it's only called that if you're in the United States. Um, if you're in the UK, it's called either The Wardstone Chronicles or The Spooks Apprentice. So those are different titles that goes by. A movie came out going over the first book called Seventh Son. And the movie I never really saw, but because it, it didn't look that good. Um, but the the series goes uh, follows um, a character called Tom Ward, who is a seventh son of a seventh son. So he has um, these kind of like strange powers. And he becomes an apprentice to the local spook. And a spook is someone that drives away the, the dark, is what they call it in the series. And that's like witches, ghosts, boggarts, all this other stuff. It's like a young adult horror series. Like it's some of the stuff is like terrifying. And I listened to it as like an audiobook as a kid. So you had like the guy that's really good at it, like reading like, and she walked down the lane close to the river. And it was like, oh, that's terrifying. And I go to sleep to that. Um, yeah, that as a kid, I would listen to audiobooks to go to bed. <laughs> Um, other people had nightlights. I'm like, I just need a voice. Um, but then that, that series lasts for 13 books and I read all 13 books. Um, one of my favorite series of all time, cause, uh, it brings in some aspects of, um, Celtic mythology, uh, this weird, like kind of like, um, perversion of like Christianity that through the lens of like Celtic and Irish mythology, um, because in the first three books, it's like, oh, the dark. And then the fourth book, it's like, nah, the witches summoned the devil because Tom was becoming too much of a problem. And then the rest of the series is, well, how do we kill the devil? Um, <laughs> and that's kind of how it's how it goes. Um, but uh, throughout, like, those other adventures, you meet, like, uh, the nature god Pan, uh, if you're familiar with uh, him. And there's a couple of others that, like, you get... so it's like, it starts off kind of small. It's like, oh, witches and, like, this kind of cool stuff. And then at the end, it's like, murdering the most powerful evil deity that i can imagine it's, it's so uh, it's like the memes it, about uh uh why can't i think of it supernatural where it's like season one it's like let's defeat this bad guy and then it's like the last season like, let's kill god exactly let's get revenge on the demon that killed our mom and yeah. hey dad's on a hunting trip hasn't been home in a while start the reign of terror 
but doesn't isn't it supernatural it's like season four it's like yeah let's kill god and then they're like well how do we one-up killing god <laughs> no uh i think there was one season where they were trying to find god because something was happening on earth and like the angels were being dicks especially zachariah um if you know woody from psych he plays Zachariah, and he's a complete ass. Oh, no. Um, it's a complete contrast from him playing Woody, and it was so weird. Um, but basically, like, you know, the angels are screwing stuff up on Earth, and, or, and you know, demons are raining terror. Demons. And um, they were trying to find God and, like, Dean's necklace, amulet that he had in the first few seasons that Sam had given to him as a kid was supposed to like show them the way to God. And they ended up finding Joshua who's in charge of the garden of Eden, essentially. Um, and Joshua was like, Oh yeah, he's on earth. And they were like, well, screw God. He doesn't care about us. Um, mm. Yeah. And then well. there's hints later about who God is and that he makes a, um, not comic series, but like the graphic novel series about the boys and people think that it's completely fake and like the boys end up at a convention for it's great. Supernatural's fantastic. Just like mm -hmm. well Sorry. anyway with with no you're good. <laughs> with, uh, we're with we talking about different... books or something? Yeah we're talking about books. Uh, so supernatural. Um, but then after that 13 book series he wrote another sequel trilogy. So there's 16 books and uh, the, the sequel trilogy introduces the concept of like what happens if it's a seventh daughter of a seventh daughter. Oh. And like, that's like different. Um, not to get in like feminist soapbox, but like I thought it, like person, I mean, I'm a guy, so I can't really like speak for women. Um, but I thought the author did a pretty decent job of like giving us a strong female character um because like seventh daughter of a seventh daughter like doesn't have the exact same powers as a mm -hmm. as a seventh son of a seventh son but, but like still impressive um the seventh uh, she has more like emotion related stuff like she can sense other people's like fear which is very important and things like that um and it, she has other stuff so like there's pros and cons not a perfectly created character but like overall still very interesting and compelling um but I then excited. I found out yesterday while doing research, there's more. Okay. <laughs> he wrote another one. He's starting another series that's like very loosely related, but it still brings in like the characters from the original 13 and then the next three. And I was like, I need to get back into this series. And I'm so glad we were going to do this episode because otherwise I would not have figured that out. Um, I was going to be, I was originally excited to hear that there was like the seventh daughter, the seventh daughter, but then hearing that like, he basically did the cop out of women are emotional, therefore she can sense so emotion. It's not quite that. Okay. Um, that's why I'm like, so on one hand, it's like, um, he gives her kind of like some of the stereotypical stuff. Um, like the, if you look at it, like women are emotional, so they're mo more emotionally attuned. Um, but on the other hand, it's like, not giving her those same powers. It's like, she's still a strong character, but not this, like, this typically masculine strong thing that there's, like, an issue with, or, like, to make a woman strong, you make her more masculine. Like, she's not okay. masculinized, but it's still strong. However, okay. you still have that caveat of her powers are kind of, they're not powers, though. She just, like, is super sensitive to people, like, 
it's not it is emotions but also like she it's kind of like my i need to reread it but like <laughs> it's cooler and i'd rather have the seventh daughter of the seventh daughter powers because okay. it works for everyone the seventh son of the seventh son powers <laughs> only work for creatures of the dark so it's like hers are a little more universal and that's why it's described more like emotion because people things from the dark don't have emotions um yeah. but yeah Oh, and then my favorite book of all time, I've mentioned it before on the podcast, so I'll be really quick, is this. It's called And the Mountains Echoed by Khaled Hosseini. Um, and I rec- like I read this book within the last year and immediately became my favorite. It's, it's kind of like an anthology series in, in the sense that like each chapter is told from the perspective of a different character. But you're introduced to the character of the next chapter in previous chapters. Um, and each like each chapter is like kind of a commentary on like the idea of love um, and how there are different kinds of love. And like, there's like sacrificial love, romantic love, friendship, um, things like that. And like, it's very touching and every chapter makes me cry. And I'm currently reading it with my girlfriend because I want to make her cry. Um, So it's my favorite book. And I, I honestly, I can't recommend this book more. If you're an English high school teacher, please assign this book if you can. If you're just a human being and you need to feel both bad and feel good at the same time, I highly recommend this book. Stop adding stuff to like my book wish list. Okay. I have like <laughs> 93 pages on one single Google Doc because I get emails from this company called BookBub. And what BookBub does is it goes through like Amazon and like wherever else you can get ebooks for your Kindle. Or your, you know, just your Barnes and Noble, your Nook, or whatever it is, um, and it'll give you deals. So like, you can get books for free, or like ninety nine cents, or you can get like six books for ninety nine cents. I'm like, it's great. But I also am sitting here going on half of them, like, okay, screenshot this and save it because I want to find like a hard copy so I can give it to my students later. Yeah, it's ninety three pages now, and that's not even like the other books that I have lists for. I know like, what you mean. I have shelves back home, like, mm-hmm. but like, I'll get that. I like, I'll ask for stuff for Christmas because, like, I see this, or like, ask for for my birthday, and then I get it, and I'm like, well, there are 16 things in front of you. Um, so, yeah, that's... so what about you two? Favorite series? Favorite individual books? Um, oh, well, um, there's, I, I there's a lot of series I love, and I thought about it. like. One of them, of course, being Percy Jackson series. I would even say Percy Jackson series, all of the entire Greek series. So Percy Jackson, The Heroes of Olympus. And then I haven't read all of them, but I've started the Apollo, Trials of Apollo series, which is right after. All the same time. I love that. Um, But since we already talked about that, um, I do love The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, I have a book, which I actually two books, two full books that are The Hitchhiker's Trilogy, but there's five books in them, which I don't know if that's just Douglas Adams being funny and putting five books in trilogy. But um, you might have seen the movie with Martin Freeman. Um, oh, look at this. There they are. Um, Sorry, Isaac, did you use the force? <laughs> yes, I did use the force. Also, for our listeners out there, I just pulled them up magically. Oh, yes. For those of you listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, um, Isaac just summoned books out of thin air. So you might want to go watch on YouTube. <laughs> um, anyways, they're, they're fantastic. It's um, 
Douglas Adams. Oh, this one actually on the front says five complete novels and one story, which is a pretty cool title. Um, anyways, that, they're fantastic. And Douglas Adams is such a weird author, but he's brilliant. Like, it takes it takes place and it's like sci-fi kind of, but also it's not. And it's all like humor, but it's all it's one hundred percent British. I don't know. It Douglas Adams was a writer on Doctor Who, if that means anything, which it should, because it just shows you you're expecting it to be weird, weird aliens, uh, a depressed robot named Marvin, stuff like that. Um, so that's the series. I guess I'll recommend it's one of my favorites. Um, then standalone book is really hard because there's a lot of books that I'm looking at on my bookshelf that are just single books that don't keep going but I don't know so I'm gonna go with The Princess Bride it is like William uh, Goldman who wrote the book also wrote the screenplay for the movie which is why it's so good like you know it's good when the same author writes both and but, the thing that you're missing from the movie is like the weird meta commentary in that book where he's like, William Goldman yes! writes, he's like, I am William Goldman and this is my life. And that's like not how his real life is, but he just like turns it like there's just this weird meta universe of talking about himself. Yes. And it's so funny. And that's, that's what I was going to say. My favorite thing about it, that I'll like talk to people on length and then just be like, okay, okay. Like, when I'm, are you done? But it, it's that. Even on the front of the book, it says The Princess Bride by S. Morgenstern, abridged by William Goldman. But S. Morgenstern's not a real person. And no, it's William Goldman. Is a narrative. Is, is William Goldman being like, yeah, when I was little, my dad read S. Morgenstern's book to me. And like, it jumps back between him talking, him as a kid, him talking about himself, him talking about, I think he even talks to Stephen King at one point. It's like in the book, it's like, yeah, I want to talk to Stephen King. But then it also goes to like the story and it's being abridged by him. So it'll be like a chapter will start. It'll, you just got done with like, you know, you know, princess, uh, I was gonna say bubblegum, but it's buttercup. Um, <laughs> and it, the, the a chapter will start and it'll be like, William Golden will be like insert. And he'll be like, yeah. So this chapter in the original book just talks about the flora and fauna of Florence and it's really boring stuff. So I'm actually going to skip this chapter and get back to like the action. And like, I'm like, this dude's cheating at writing because he, it's not a real book and he's pretending. It's so brilliant, but it's so beautifully written. I don't know. It's it's great. I highly recommend it. We read Don't it take in it away. my, my uh, <laughs> oh. junior year uh, English class. Like, and we had to like write like analyses of the book. And I'm like, this is just a fun book anyway. Like, I'm I have no problem writing stuff on this. I'll be honest, mm-hmm. so in sixth grade, we watched the movie. I don't remember why. I think it was just one of those, like, random, hey, we're having a movie day, and this is what we're watching. And I just remember getting so mad at the title because I didn't understand the title. Like, how <laughs> can it be a princess bride, but she's the princess? And she, like, I was like, no. And even to this day, like, I'm still like, I mm, have some issues with it, but, you know, I'll, I'll get over it. Um. Oh, gosh. Okay. And so asking me what my favorite book series is, my go-to is Harry Potter, but that's also because, like, that is my life. My life is Harry Potter. Um, But honestly, like, if I was going to recommend things, um, 
if people wanted to read like young adult novels that were mystery related, I would suggest uh, Confessions of a Murder Suspect by uh, James Patterson. Uh, that one uh, is so good. There's so many twists and turns and it follows um, the kids of a wealthy couple who get murdered and there's like no trace of how like they get murdered and all of the kids are suspects um, because all of the kids are like strange in their own ways. Like they're like genius level and everything. Um, and so it's the daughter she's going through to try and like figure out who killed her parents. Um, and I won't spoil anything, but it's really good. And like, it continues on and like, there's different things that go on that like her family, there was rivals with another family and the daughter was like in love with the rival. Like there was like a Romeo and Juliet thing, but then you also find out that maybe there wasn't because you can't trust what, um, she is talking about because her parents especially essentially experimented on all of their kids um because they were pharmaceuticals in pharmaceuticals and like making the drugs and stuff so they like gave their kids special vitamins to make them like super smart or be able to do x y and z um so yeah it's really shady but it's also really good um for science fiction i would probably recommend the maximum ride series by james patterson um which follows kids that are mutants who have wings and some of them have other abilities. Um, and that one was so good. And I, I want to say like the final book just came out a few years ago, um, which I think is called Nevermore um, because it went through like, I'll have to look this up real quick, but like there was like two different sections of the book like series so like how uh percy jackson goes from the greek gods to the roman gods and it's still a continuation um it was kind of like that i can spell um but so like it went from like titles that were kind of long to just like the names of the kids um so you've got uh, the Angel Experiment, School's Out Forever, Saving the World and Other Extreme Sports, The Final Warning. And then you've got Max, Fang, Angel, Nevermore, and then Maximum Ride Forever is the final one. And then he also came out with a new book, which is like a spinoff of the series called Hawk. And I that's on my list to be read. It's currently at school. Um, but I really like that series because... It, like it took place relatively modern era um like you know they're talking about global warming and how the seas are rising and like you know they're doing these experiments to try and like save humanity and all of that um but like it's also these kids becoming kind of sort of superheroes to try and help save the world and everything um and yeah i I have a lot of books that I could recommend to a lot of different people. Like I'm one of those people that you really can't ask what my favorite book series is. Cause I'll just go off on different tangents about stuff. Um, well, then I won't ever ask you again. 
<laughs> I would appreciate that. If you need recommendations, I got or when, you. Yeah, when I want recommendations, I'll ask. So, Hope, what's the what's your favorite book series? And I'll get like six things. I'm like, thanks. Yeah, whatever you need. Um, actually, 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 any any geek to to narrow anything down to one is hard enough. Oh my god, it is hard. So also, I find it really weird that none of us have mentioned anything about like the dystopian genre of like Hunger Games, Divergent, like anything around that. Um, <sighs> Because as much as I like those books, they're not like that was so they're not the ones. That, I know. As much I as I like it. those, they're not the ones that like super stuck out. I got mad at Suzanne Collins with the last book. I'll be completely honest. Like how she ended it, she actually like finished the third book after she already had the movie contract, and so I got really mad with how she ended the whole love triangle between Katniss and Peeta and Gale, like. The, and then the fact that she just like ended Peta with like, oh yeah, you know he still has his moments of PTSD, but like we just sit still and wait for it to be over. But other than that, we're living a happy normal life, and it's like, no, that's yeah. not quite like how that would work. Um, no, listen, with Hunger Games, this Catching Fire br- delivered Finnick into my life, and I loved Finnick. And then Mockingjay took him away, and that was BS. And, and, like, not even in a good way. Like, it just happened so fast. Yeah. And then you're like, wait, wait, wait. Well, and then she also (laughs) pulled, like, like the the Tonks and Remus thing. We're like, oh, by the way, he has a kid. And you're like, what? Oh. What? Yeah, Yeah, but it's okay if he dies. Oh, spoiler. Because uh, he's got a kid, so we're... Oh, yeah, and Annie's is still alive, like, and she's not messed up enough yeah. already. Like, mm-hmm. I just know he'll never meet his dad. That's a future superhero right there with no, uh, an orphan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I like. Um, no, oh, go ahead, Brandon. Oh, I was just trying to move us into our next part of this. Oh, of well, like... I'll finish off real quick. That. <laughs> um, so like, also talking about like books from back then. Stephanie Meyer. I know she's come out with new books. Um. But I don't like, and I I was part of. I will admit, I was part of the hype, and I was Team Jacob mainly because Taylor Lautner. Uh, looking uh, back Edward. on it, uh, Jacob's toxic as heck. So is Edward. <laughs> so I'm is sorry. Edward, but like, <laughs> let's be honest, I was Team Seth. I'm part of Team Single. <laughs> She's by herself. Okay. Yep, but like. My best friend and I will rant about Stephanie Meyer because honestly, I don't think she's that great of a writer. Like the fact that she came out with a, with what Midnight Sun, which is the Twilight, but in Edward's perspective, I was like, wow, that took so yeah. much creativity to come up with that. Um, I'm like, okay, I I want to say this straight down to any listeners: if you like Stephanie Meyer and the Twilight books, that's fine. We're all allowed our own opinions and everything. Like I. I don't want to offend anyone at all. Like I said, I did like the books at the time, but looking back, having grown on it, just seeing like the toxicity of everything. Um, and also reading one of Stephanie Myers' interview transcriptions where she was like, Bella wasn't a damsel in distress. She was just what a normal human being would be like when she's surrounded by superheroes. And I was like, okay, first off, she didn't like want her to be a damsel in distress you should have written her differently so that we didn't get that feeling and two how are the vampires the cullens superheroes because they don't really do anything to save anyone they're not heroes they're just super powered individuals i mean there's lots lots of stories with those 
Uh, but also, you're allowed to slander Stephanie Meyer because I slandered Martin Scorsese last week. So <laughs> I was going to bring Isaac, that up. Who are, you, who are you taking down next week? <laughs> All right. Uh, Everyone get ready for Isaac's Tune takedown. in next week and find out. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, All right. Um, and then I'll I just say, wanted to ask real quick, what's everyone's... I'm a standalone. Oh. <laughs> Gosh, Brendan. All right. This is Brendan signing off. Isaac and Hope are going to finish off the episode. <laughs> um. So I'm currently taking a class um, for my English major, teaching major, that is uh, young adult literature. And we are currently reading The Poet X by Elizabeth um, Asave... I'm going to screw up her name. Asavido? Yeah, Acevedo, I think. Um, I learned today in class that she is actually like a slam poet, like spoken word poet. And I was like, that's awesome. Um, but this book is about Ziomara, who is a Latina from Dominican Republic, who is living in Harlem area in the Heights. And uh, the book is written in prose, and it's set up in like three different sections. And we had to read the first section. And let me tell you, I didn't want to put this down. Um, and you also go through it so fast because it's in prose so you're just like scan down and you're done um and like there was one really powerful line um in the book about her father um basically like it's a coming of age story um about Ziomara because she is essentially forced into this role by her mother and by her um, church because she's Catholic um, and her mother is super duper religious um, and she has a twin as well but like it's so good and okay so here's the line that like it just hits you and is in its own impact just on its own Um, so just because your father is present doesn't mean he isn't absent like just that one single line and that's the end of like one chapter like one little section and it was just like boom that's the line and I was like oh my gosh yeah so I'm really looking forward to finishing that one and that's my standalone book and now Brendan we may continue on okay what's on everyone's reading list to uh to to be reading in the future real quick I know hope you have a ridiculously long list so like I'll try I also have a long list so I'll limit mine like to the most immediate ones but um for me uh, I got really into Kurt Vonnegut after high school I read Slaughterhouse Five in high school and then I was like you know I really liked you know his writing and the style behind that so um, the next one for me is Cat's Cradle, and that's that's in the works. Um, but then also, um, I'm applying for grad school soon. So, um, The Conscious Mind by David Chalmers, um, nonfiction, uh, kind of, obviously. Um, but it, it's basically just like an amalgamation of consciousness research pre-2000s. Um, so, that's, that's on my plate. Um, and then... I actually am almost finished reading an evolutionary psychology book. Sorry, uh, most of my uh, stuff right now is school-related um, called um, uh, Why Beautiful People Have More Daughters, um, which uh, evolutionary psychology is a very uncomfortable topic, especially if you don't understand how statistics work. Um, uh, Because if you just assume that everything that is stated by evolutionary psychology, like, 
just because it is, is that's how it should be, then that's really problematic. Um, just like assuming like, ah, men are strong, like men are physically stronger. That's like a thing. And that's just a, like a, a stat. But then like the people that take that one step further and say, therefore men should protect everyone physically. And like, no, that's like the problem. And if you don't make that distinction, evolutionary psychology is really problematic. Um, so, but it's a really fun book to read because then I get to answer questions like, why do beautiful people have more daughters? So, and that's actually a statistic. People that are ranked more attractive, um, that are ranked more attractive tend to have more female children or like born with XX chromosome children. So that's interesting. But, you know, that's the, that's the stuff on my radar. Isaac, do you want to go next? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, all right. So I guess on my reading list, um, currently um, I'm in the process of reading Harry Potter to my girlfriend. Um, and we're on the uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Wait, like you read the book to her? Yes. I'm not the only one that does that? No. <laughs> Apparently I'm not. reading this to my girlfriend and it makes me and, so happy. Because you mentioned that and I was like, is he reading out loud? You know, I am reading out loud. Uh, well, and this, this started because uh, she went to drum corps um, for the <gasps> summer. What drum corps? Uh, she was with the Colts. Oh, nice. And um, we would talk on the phone and I would read Harry Potter over the phone to her. Um, and now we're on the third one. Um, but uh, so there's that. But I actually have my own like list of books. We're both doing like a year in books where it's like hopefully one book a month. And I'm really bad because I'm on my first book and it's the end of February. Uh, but yeah, I have a few on here. Like I have a few um, Ocean at the End of the Lane and Neverwhere, which are both two Neil Gaiman books. I really like Neil Gaiman. Um, I also like Neil Gaiman. You I just read the Graveyard book, right? I, yeah, I just read it. Actually, it was like the last book I read. And it's so good. Um, same thing with Good Omens. I have both of those. Uh, and I don't have American Gods, but I do want to read that sometime. How dare you? Um, I know. So uh, and so, yeah, I just have like a list of like books on my bookshelf that I haven't read that I want to. I have like The Mysterious Benedict Society, which I didn't even realize was a movie, I think, coming to Disney Plus uh, June 25th. TV show. TV show. That's even better. I think it's, or no, you're right. It's movie. What's the, there's a season two of something else that has a similar title. And because of that, I realized that the book I have isn't the first one in the series. So I can't even really read it. I was like, oh, I was like, mine has like a subtitle. I was like, oh, I guess it's not the first. Um, I, I need to read The Return of the King. It's like, I started Lord of the Rings in like middle school and I love Lord of the Rings. And I read like the fellowship and like in high school, I read like most of the two towers, but I still have to finish that and read return of the king to actually say I've read it. Um, I know fake fan y'all. You're good. Read, have you read the Hobbit? Uh, that's the second thing I've read most of it. And I, I have to finish that. I read the Cimmerillion, which is an odd flex. Um, <laughs> I started and not, with the and having not read the Hobbit and return of the king. That's interesting. I know. I know. I use, I read a lot of the wiki. Um, and so I have a, yeah, like I said, I just, uh, the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime. That's one that my girlfriend oh, recommended. So um, is that why? It's a play. I was going to say it got turned into a play, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I have like the rest of uh, the Apollo series I need to finish. 
that's the dark prophecy in the rest of the book. So yeah, yeah. all them. Um, yeah, I my little Kindle here, just my little one. Um, I am currently reading a book called Obsidian Sun. It's a Nate Temple. It's the first in the Nate Temple series. Um, he tips the Minotaur, and it's kind of hilarious. Um, oh, like tipping a cow? Yeah, but it's the Minotaur. Uh. <laughs> and then because he scares the Minotaur, the Minotaur, like, grants him, like, a wish or, like, you know, to answer a question because the Minotaur, Minotaur is apparently an all-knowing being. Um, it's from his cow half. <laughs> that's what, like, turned me on to this book was, like, Minotaur tipping. I was like, all right, let's see what it does. <laughs> um, but besides that, like, uh, like I said, I get a lot of recommendations from BookBub. And I have been finding um, some interesting sounding like spins on uh, fairy tales and stuff. Um, so one, and it's now going to open the book, is called The Wendy. And I started reading that one too. And I started to write a um, review on it on my book review website. Um, that I haven't written anything on since I haven't really like finished a book in a while. Um, but so we know Wendy, Michael, and John as siblings. Well, Wendy, Michael, and John are not siblings in the Wendy. And uh, there is like a mysterious aspect of what Peter actually is. If he's like a dark angel or like a demon or something, like something with magic. Um Nana is still there. Nana is adorable. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, she's still there. Uh, Wendy is her favorite, of course. Um, And (laughs) the weird thing that I still have to, like, get my brain to wrap around is the fact that Michael and John are like, wow, Wendy's really pretty. I'm going to try and, like, date her. And, like, they're fighting over her. And I'm like, this is weird. Um, But it's, like, kind of military-esque fighting the... uh, like supernatural type thing and it and like pan peter is supposed to be like the supernatural um and that one for me i was like ooh, and it it hooked me right away but then i of course get distracted by things um and i brought this book up as a recommendation a while ago um i started reading it and i still have to finish it i'm one of those people that like starts a book and then puts it down starts another book puts it down start yeah um i know people some people can't do that but i can't i have to i i, I don't want to finish the why beautiful people have more daughters i really want to start my conscious mind book but i can't in good conscience start conscious mind <laughs> without finishing the other one but yeah and like i get that and i definitely like have moments where i do that because like uh last summer i finished two books within like a week um because they're like i got like isaac where he found out that it was the second book of the series <laughs> and i was like oh it's the second book and i've already bought it and so now i have to go back and buy the first one um turned out that those two you could read separately and like not be too confused like they could be standalone but they work really well together um but uh alexandra bracken wrote a like modern century like currently happening right now in New York um, story about the Greek gods and how like every six or seven years 
um, they end up in different parts of the world and they basically have to like try and maintain their powers so that people don't come along and kill them and gain their powers. And it's called Lore. Uh, the book is called Lore and it's really interesting. And right now, uh, Lore is the character and she has to deal with Athena who was bleeding on her doorstep of her apartment building and they're in New York. And the fact that Athena's like, tie your life to mine and like, and basically like, if I die, you die. And I'm just like, what's going on? It's so good so far. I've read yeah, like- don't let, don't let strangers do that to you. <laughs> don't let Athena like trick you into giving <laughs> you her life. Like, you don't know who to trust. Athena um, can Athena can trick me any day. <laughs> yeah, so that those are on those are just some on my reading list right now. And I do say some because the list is like ever no, broke. I understand. I, I have plenty of other things I could add in, but um I don't want a three hour long podcast. We're already at like an hour and a half. Um, and we have one more thing. So because we're an hour and a half, I want to make it quicker than I originally planned. But um our our main thing was um for this episode was I asked Hope and Isaac to find their favorite headcanon in like book literature. So not like from movies, not from TV shows, but like in the books. Um, and for those of you who aren't familiar with what headcanon is, it's um, what the fans think actually happened, even though it's not confirmed in any of the materials released by the author. Um, I have to mention a real quick one before we get started with the serious ones. Um, I saw one while researching this and he mentioned the Magic Treehouse and then Isaac, you said something about Doctor Who. Um, I saw something that said that Magic Tree House itself is just an old form of the TARDIS, oh. um, and uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, oh. "That's like it's the TARDIS for happened. kids." It's it's just the TARDIS, <laughs> so I just thought that was funny. So, does anyone have a headcanon like to start with? Um, well, I have one, and this one kind of goes. So I came up with one last night like just by myself laying in bed trying to go to sleep and all of a sudden I went oh what if um but then this the other one that's like kind of headcanon is um a mix between what we got from the movies as well as from the books um so this one relates to the Harry Potter universe and I'll state mine first that I came up with last night and then I'll state the one that um I read after the Fantastic Beasts movies um so we know in the Harry Potter series, there's the Paravel brothers who are the Deathly Hallows um, and they have the stone, the wand and the cloak. And we know that Harry ends up with all three by the seventh book. Um, but I came up with the headcanon that the second trio or like the modern trio um, for the Deathly Hallows is Neville, Draco and Harry. So we know that Harry has the cloak from book one. So there he is the youngest brother. Um, Draco ends up with the wand after he disarms Dumbledore. And Neville I put as having the stone because his parents are technically dead after Bellatrix tortured them so much. Um, but they are still alive, but they're like the shell and they're not really themselves. So I kind of like made it that way. So they're the, the current um, brothers. 
But so the big head cannon that I saw and I was just sitting there going, this makes a lot of sense. Is like I said, it combines movie and book knowledge. Um, so Dumbledore's sister, Ariana, there was a big like um, accident that happened within the Dumbledore family and it caused Ariana to become like um, so- socially disengaged as well as never using her magic again. Um, and from the Fantastic Beasts movies, we know that an Oculus is caused by suppressed magic and it essentially overwhelms and eventually kills its host. Um, so the theory is that Ariana became an Oculus and the Oculus consumed her. And that Oculus then went on to find another host and found it in Credence, which is why um, the Phoenix, the baby Phoenix, and Grindelwald say that Credence is a Dumbledore at the end of the second fanta- first mm. second Fantastic Beasts movies. Second one, I think. Um, and so that one, I was like, that makes a lot of sense because if Ariana is dead and then the Oculus has to have a host of some sort and it's repressed magic and um, Credence had been suppressing magic since he was born because he lived in that orphanage where the mother was like, magic is a sin, you know, let's kill all the witches. Um, that like, I was like, this could work because when they were, when Grindelwald was like, yeah, Credence, you're a Dumbledore. We're all like, wait, no, no, no. But then I saw that theory and I was like, I accept your theory. So that's mine. Nice. Well, I'd like something to tack on to the, the Hallows thing real quick. Um, so I've heard my favorite like one is that there were like precursors to the Hallows mm-hmm. um, and you see each of them throughout the Harry Potter books um, before the Hallows are introduced. Um, the wand, its counterpart, like basically the idea is that the brothers like made something before they actually made the, the Hallows, like that yeah. death didn't give them to them. They made the Hallows, but like they had, they had to make something first in order to like practice um, for the wand. It's the mirror error said it shows you what you want. The wand can get you what you want. Um, for the, um, the stone, it's the veil in the, um, department of mysteries. Um, it takes you to the dead, does not bring the dead to you. Only reason Um, why Sirius Black is dead. (laughs) I mean, he did get a lot of cadaver. And then they lost his body through the veil. Um, and then the invisibility cloak is the pensive. Um, because you're you are invisible in your memories, so you can kind of you can walk around amongst people um, the way you could with an invisibility cloak, but only in things that you've already experienced. So that, I've heard that one. So sorry also, about that. No, I I think that's really cool. I thought you were gonna say the philosopher's stone at one point, and I was like, no, because that was created by Nicholas Flamel. Um, but now that you say that, like that sounds really interesting, and I'm just gonna put it in really quick for my final project for the Marvel class I took in December. Um, I made Thor, Iron Man, and Cap as the Paravel brothers. So Thor with his hammer is the wand, um, and he's the oldest brother. And then um, Cap has the stone, because then he goes back to Peggy and he lives past, originally lives past her and then goes back to her. Um, And then... Uh, 
and so he's the middle brother and then iron man is the one with the invisibility cloak with the iron man suit so. See, now, I thought you were going to say that Cap is the one with the invisibility suit because that hides the guy from death and then the shield stops you from death. And I thought you were going to say Iron Man with the stone because he brought himself pretty much back to life with the arc reactor. But I didn't think about yeah. that. No, I did Tony Stark um, as well being the youngest brother with the cloak also because he greeted death as an old friend. <laughs> mm. um, so when he finally was like, I am Iron Man. All right. Well, headcanon. I had to think about this because I unfortunately like to take things as they are with books. I'm like, I, I guess it way. just the way. But um, we're going to go into some deep lore in um, from the Tolkien universe because, of course. Um, I knew one of you would bring something about Tolkien. Oh. I have my shirt that's Tolkien symbol. <laughs> um, anyways, so basically, uh, I really have two things. One is really just that I don't really want to believe something that happens. Uh, the other one is something may or may not happen. Oh, but that's my headcanon is I don't believe something happened. Yes, exactly. So uh, my the headcanon for one thing is that there's the, there's the five wizards. There's Radagast, Saruman, Gandalf, and then the two blue wizards who have names that I just can't think of right now. I was going to look them up, but I'm lazy. Um, But basically, they went off to the east, and they pretty much assumed that they failed their mission. Um, And it's pretty much because it's pretty much written that only Gandalf successfully passed in his mission, which, oh, I could get really deep into the lore here. Basically, their mission is the wizards were sent there to stop Saruman. Because Sar, oh, not Saruman, stop Sauron. Because Sauron was a growing presence, um, and previously they had sent pretty much all the gods had gone on to the world to defeat Morgoth. But now with Sauron, they sent wizards and they gave them rules like you can't rule men, you can't become a position of power. You can only advise men. Uh, and so Saruman failed because a he went evil, but b he you know, told people to go. Um, and people, they he doesn't really talk about the blue wizards, but basically they say that they failed. But Tolkien being a man of many languages, uh, he gave them names, but then he also gave them other names. And one of the names for one of those names means like helper. And so, and then, or like savior or helper. And so then there, uh, I have this headcanon that basically they, it's basically really a theory more like, that the two blue didn't really fail, but as much as they just halted all of like a big portion of the darkness in the East. And that if it wasn't for them, that there'd be a lot more overwhelming force. Um, and I know that's not like the deepest theory ever, but I just, that's okay. I don't like believing that they failed. Now, my thing where I just don't really like that. I said that I choose not to believe it is that Tolkien original idea for all of Middle Earth was to create a mythology for Britain. And so basically the idea behind that, which he didn't publish all of this stuff, that's why it's in appendixes and whatnot, is that everything you see in Middle Earth right now, like in the movies and the books, eventually becomes modern day our world, modern day Europe. And like, so the elves leave. Um, They talk about with the dwarves, there are basically Durin was like the oldest dwarf. He was the first to awaken. 
And since then, there's been six Durins, which are like their kings named Durin, and it's believed that they've been reborn. And they talk about how like the next Durin is gonna be Durin the last. He's gonna be the last of these kings of the dwarves. Uh, these special figures that basically will help out, and then the dwarves will disappear. The elves will all sail away, and then like hobbits will disappear. And so basically, like everybody, I, I don't want to say dies out, but basically, like everything dies out except for humans, and then it becomes modern day Europe. And I just hate that. I want the, you know, the idea of becoming boring old modern world when it used to be this big magical world. And so I like to try and believe that that doesn't happen, <laughs> if that makes sense. It does. Um, I have a very, I have a similar feeling about the last Apprentice series that I told you about because it's like it's set in, like, in the British Isles technically and i'm like are you saying that like this was actually how it was and like but there's there's no like time period no time stamps so i can't like do that um but my head canon is actually related to that last apprentice series um so in throughout the 13 books there's like this like romantic interest between tom the main character and the girl alice and you know the first 12 books it's like it's kind of like a will they won't they but like you're pretty sure they will but then in book 13 um literally like chapter three oh yeah and (laughs) like literally like chapter three or four like this she tries to perform this spell which like uh, lets this like warlock go free he like immediately shows up and she goes i choose him and goes with him and like there's you don't know who this guy is all this other stuff um so i and then (laughs) like at the end of the book tom uh fights this guy you know to try and get Alice back thinking that he put her under a spell he beats him and then Alice is like I was never under a spell I chose him um so and then Tom spares his life I would have killed him like no matter what I would just be like (laughs) that's it um so and then um after that in the sequel trilogy um Alice comes back after the guy actually dies and she goes yeah I just had to play along that entire time what (laughs) yeah so it was really upsetting um also joseph delaney the author really good at like writing cliffhangers or like temporary endings really bad at writing permanent endings and i think that's why he has to keep going because um i hated the ending of the 13th book and i really didn't like the ending of the third book of the trilogy (laughs) um but my head canon is um the 13th book didn't happen um I don't like it, and I think from that spell onward, something went really, really wrong, and everyone kind of got, like, it got twisted. And there is there is kind of evidence for it that, like, when Alice mentions, like, yeah, I, I wasn't under a spell, but I had to go through this stuff. I think there's this weird magical thing that happened that might be addressed in, like, the this new um, series that caused reality to kind of get warped a little bit because it's, like, old magic being used. Um, so my theory is all the stuff I didn't like didn't happen in the 13th book and all the stuff I didn't, and all the stuff I didn't like that happened after that is because of that thing I didn't like in the 13th book, um, not happening. So, um, that's my headcanon is I don't like how my favorite book series ended. So I choose not to believe it's real. Mm, we've all been there before. <laughs> yes. Um, doing that with the hunger games, right? The final book yeah, in the hunger yeah. games did, does not exist. Hunger it games. doesn't die. Um, I kind of liked the like the actual ending of like she kills coin instead of spoilers. She kills coin instead of snow. I, I yeah. liked that, um, I but everything that. else about the ending but, was yeah. annoying. I, I'll so, 
Well, as always here on Raving Geeks, we like to end with some recommendations for you viewers, uh, whether that be movies, video games, comics, or anything else geeky. We already given quite a few book recommendations today, but my hosts, do you have anything else you'd like to recommend? Why not? All right. Um, well, we talked a lot about mythology, and I, I got thinking, I was like, what can I recommend with mythology? Um, uh, one is, uh, before Percy Jackson, the thing that really got me into Greek mythology and Norse and Egyptian was the game Age of Mythology, which is made by the people that made Age of Empires, and it plays very similarly, where you start in, like, an age, and you pretty much, like, build little builders that build buildings, that build troops, and then it upgrades. Um, that's on Steam, and I have it. I had it on disc, and then uh, it got too scratched, and I got really upset, and then they put it on Steam, and I was like, yes, I have that. And it's just, I don't know, like, you can, like, it's, uh, it's its whole story, but, like, you can right-click on, like, a troop and, like, learn, like, the mythology behind it. It's really cool. Like, that's where I first learned that Krakens are a Norse monster and not a Greek monster. Um, secondly, uh, there's a TV show. I don't know if it's on Netflix anymore. It was a long time ago. But it's called The Almighty Johnsons. And it takes place oh, in it takes place in New Zealand. And I love New Zealand. Uh, many reasons. Um, but, basically, it's about Norse gods and that they're like souls inhabit people and it's yeah. like if you're like parents were gods then the kid's gonna be like a god and you find out what your god is on your 21st birthday and so it's about this family with uh it's four siblings and the youngest turns 21 in the first episode and he wakes up and like they do this little ceremony and like lightning flashes and you find out that pretty much he's inhabited inhibited by odin like the all-father and so like his older <laughs> siblings technically have to do what he says even though he's the youngest um, but it's basically this like big crazy family and it's all like Norse and like crazy things happen. It's a little, um, it's like a comedy almost. Um, the guy that plays Feely in the Hobbit, uh, which is of the two younger brothers, like the blonder one, he's in this show and he's one of the brothers. And it's funny cause they're filming the Hobbit happened during the third season of this. So they're like, Oh yeah, he just went to Norway. And like, so it's like, that's why he has a beard, but he still is like in the show on Skype calls. And I think that's super cool. That like an actor did that. He filmed The Hobbit and a TV show. Um, I think it's rated M because there is some nudity. Nudity, but it's New Zealand. Everything, you know. So yeah, mythology. Jump on that bandwagon. More like nude Zealand, am I right? Hey, that's not how it actually is. I'm pretty that's sure it. they wear clothes there. But um, we got it. We got, <laughs> we got it. it. That's a wrap, everyone. Sorry, <laughs> Hope and I don't give our recommendations. That we got to end on a high note. Uh, just joking. Hope, go ahead. <laughs> um, so I have, of course, a quite a few. Um, so I started watching the show All American, which is currently a show on CW. And the first two seasons are on Netflix. And I started watching that. And I really like the fact that it's a Black protagonist and a lot of the characters are Black. Um, and, like, you have to deal with, like, Beverly Hills, but also like the slums of Beverly Hills that like have to deal with like gangs and everything too, and like what happens when someone's trying to live in both worlds and stuff, and like how the kids in Beverly Hills don't necessarily know what's going on because they're rich and so they don't have to know. Um, and so yeah, the on first two seasons are on Netflix. Um, on Disney Plus, they just added these three movies, which are all amazing. Um, so first two are Cheaper by the Dozen, number one. 
and cheaper by the dozen number two and um they are all both of them are absolutely amazing they're hilarious they're family movies um they're old but like also they're still classics they're beautiful um and book of life is an animated movie and it's i'm trying to remember it's based on like the idea of like Dia de los Muertos, I believe. Um, so Mexican culture and um, and like their beliefs and everything. Um, I saw it when my school did on like voting day, they did like a um, movie all night thing at like the theater, Imagine Theater in Novi. And that was one that I got to see and um, one of my friends and I have a running joke because there's a line and it says, uh, it smells like hope. And so every time he would see me, he's like, you smell that? It smells like hope. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, what's up? Um, and the final recommendation, because we were doing books, um, is a TikTok account. Um, so it's Romeo Romes and it's uh, so Romeo like Romeo and Juliet and then Rome's like roaming so R-O-M-E-O-R-O-A-M-S um he is British and he has a collection of collector's edition books that are like leather bound and like the Barnes and Noble editions so like he's got Jules Verne the complete tales and poems of Edgar Allan Poe the complete Sherlock Holmes Grimm's Fairy Tales, The Divine Comedy. Um, and like he will pull them out and like show them off because people are like, can you show off this book? And they're so pretty. But also he's been doing like readings from certain books, like um, from the Grimm Fairy Tales or from Sherlock Holmes. And his voice, like all of us, his followers are trying to get him to get a YouTube account because like he's like the ASMR um voice of like just like so calm and deep and just like you could fall asleep listening to it because it's so calming it's something about being british something as soon as you say that voice though i think of like corpse husband voice like yeah you don't really want to talk like that this entire time like the deep one that's the voice that i find calming um (laughs) but apparently i'm the only one Uh, everyone everyone else finds it exhilarating i'm like that no (laughs) it makes me calm um However, for my media recommendations this week, um, I highly recommend Star Wars, The Secrets of the Jedi. Um, This is a book, but um, it's just different aspects of the Star Wars universe from Luke Skywalker's perspective. So like it's his perspective on like the Old Republic, his perspective on Mace Windu, Qui-Gon Jinn, um, like and also like original trilogy characters and stuff like that. But it's like, oh, this is what Luke thought. So I thought that was really, really interesting. I also recommend the show The Society on Netflix. Um, I've been waiting for season two to come out. Uh, don't think it's ever coming now. Um, but the first season was really, really good. Uh, kind of like a, a mystery suspense uh, thriller that coupled with like the teenage, a teenage drama. Um, it's, it's really, really good. Um, but then also, uh, so this is a recommendation specifically for Hope. But any uh, album by the band The Killers, uh, go for Um <laughs> So they make really good music, and if you haven't if you haven't heard any of their music, um, you've probably heard Mr. Brightside. But if you can't think of any other songs, um, go listen to Mr. Brightside. So, 
Listen, uh, I'm that trying is with all the TikTok we trends here. I'm trying Maybe. with those TikTok trends that are like, you were if you were born before this year, then you should know all of these songs. I always know all the songs. I usually know all but like one. I usually I have yet to like find one where I'm like, I don't know that song. Um, well, that is all we have for you today. Thank you all for joining us on Raving Geeks. Uh, make sure you leave a comment wherever you're listening from. We'd love to hear from you, uh, whether it was about what we talked about today or what you want us to talk about in the future. Also, feel free to reach out on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and our TikTok pages, at Raving Geeks. Um, and as always, I have been Brendan Valentine, along with my co-hosts. Hope Goodrow. Isaac Hunter. So stay geeky and have a great weekie, everyone. So long. Woo!